0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Moving Spotlight Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John Ruby, (laughs) and and I'm here with
1: one of your other hosts, Corbin Coyle. Hey, everybody! (laughs) All right. Luckily, the the guy we have on today can help you with your voice. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, because I I don't know what you're going for there. I don't even know either. (laughs) I just change my flexion up and down. I I just see what fits. (laughs) It worked. It worked. You pulled it
0: off. You pulled it off. I like it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, uh, Corbin, we're coming out of the holiday season. We're kind of getting into life happening again Mm -hmm. and you know when life is stressful and things are happening and busy what do you like to do to unwind Mm.
1: i as you know i'm a big big nerd so i like video games that's kind of a big thing that i use to kind of unwind um Mm -hmm. problem with video games sometimes are time sinks you kind of have to like kind of set a cap to that a little bit uh yeah. but that's i've always found that very meditative ever since i was a little kid like i used to play i used to play like diablo 2 when i was six so like <laughs> i was like kind of deep in it early um but yeah i still i still kind of do that every once in a while i wish i kind of wish reading was my thing to unwind but it's kind of that's kind of mm-hmm. stressful for me so like i i do try to fit reading when i can but it's not my unwind thing what about you i feel like i say readings i feel like you're a re- you're kind of a reader you you go off and just disappear from the world for a little bit right I do.
0: I do love reading and I've always loved reading. I, I also like have a bit of a problem, which is I go to the library, which I love. And I've got, I look over here, I'm glancing to my right and I've got like 12 books. There's no way I'm going to read 12 books. I get so excited that they're all stacked up and like, I'm about to get an email that like six of them are due back and I haven't even touched them. So I do like reading. Uh, uh and I do try to set aside time for that. I'm actually, I'm actually reading a book right now about breath work, which is really mm. interesting and um, kind of the different, I'm not an expert on it at all, but kind of the different, like the the, the Wim Hof way, kind of breathing in one nostril out the other, mm-hmm. fire breath, the box breathing, all these kind of different ways that I'd never even really thought of. So that's been really um, interesting. And I'm also reading a book that I heard about called Awareness. Mm. And I'm reading that right before I like meditate by Anthony DeMello, I heard about that and so it's kind of cool it's like these real short chapters but you kind of read it and then when i meditate it kind of gives me a little something to, to hmm. either think about or or not if i don't understand it it's interesting
1: so I, yeah I i'm understand. just realizing you yeah you read a lot of like i don't know if those are like self-help books but like things that are not fiction. Like you you're just like you're not you don't go into like game of Thrones. I only read uh, nonfiction. Yeah, yeah. I only read only nonfiction. nonfiction interesting. And
0: my wife only listens to fiction. And so that's why, wow. you know what I mean yeah. on a Friday night, are we going to watch a documentary or <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we go back and forth. We go back and forth. Ah, interesting. Um yeah, so it's it's true. I, I really like like nonfiction. Yeah. Like yeah exactly. Like things things like that. Uh so yeah I think reading is definitely um a uh, a good way. And I'm just trying to Actually, recently, the other thing I've really been kind of enjoying is like, um, it sounds funny, but like food, like what are the Mm. things, what are the foods that like I kind of want to like spending a little time cooking, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got a uh, in my own nerdy way, Corbin, I've got a three ring binder that I have started to print recipes out. I know I can keep them on my computer or phone, but I've got like this binder and that's actually really been kind of cool. So I have the recipes there so I can go back to them and stuff. Um, and it's kind of nice cause then I don't have to remember it. I could just kind of follow the
1: steps, which is, makes it easier. Yeah. That's way, yeah, that's uh, way better than like buying a whole recipe book and then picking three and <laughs> just like, having yeah, the, I mean, the recipe yeah. books are
0: amazing. I was just at Barnes and Noble with my son. I'm like, this book looks amazing, but I'm like, they're there are tons of them are online, and I have, you know, <laughs> yeah. anyway. So I just print out the couple I like, and then I yeah, kinda I like work that. On that. So I definitely think that. I can't uh, wait for you to cook it. for me. <laughs> I, I will cook, and you will not be impressed. It is not a strength, but I enjoy it. So that's good. Um, awesome. Well, I want to pivot, um, pivot, <laughs> and get to our guest. I'm excited to uh, get to know uh, this guy better. I want to welcome to the show actor Mark Jacobson. Hey, Mark.
2: Hey. Hello. Thank you for having
1: me. Of course. I'm so excited.
0: Thanks for being here. Any um, thoughts on ways you like to unwind, or the ways we unwind, Mark? Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I, uh, I, I also grew up playing video games, and then mm-hmm. I had to kind of go cold turkey in college because my roommate was—he—he he is now extremely successful. So clearly, there was like no <laughs> correlation with. Uh, With the outcome But I I was I would see How much he was Playing video games During college And I was like But rules And homework (laughs) And so I went Like cold turkey Then And now I actually I do a fair amount Of voiceover And And A lot of games And And I don't play (laughs) them awkward which yeah which gets slightly problematic and also like when i want to find myself in a game i'm at the mercy of youtube which is one Mm. should never be just in general Mm -hmm. in their lives uh but yeah i'm i am also john like you uh but with libby with the audio oh yeah libby yes my my libby cue is insane and Mm -hmm. the only time i listen to audiobooks is at the gym and i'm constantly just not making it through books and sad that they go away and then getting back on a hold list and then having hope and then having the hope diminished.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. I also, I do like Libby. Uh, uh, Same as Audible for people that don't know. It's the kind of that Los Angeles Library version of Audible. And yes, I, I enjoy that enjoy that too. Yeah, that's it's interesting Mark. I know a decent amount of people that work in the video game industry and and maybe don't play or like don't feel like they play enough compared to yeah. some of the people who are in it, and, yeah. you know. But you know, it's also interesting there's so many TV shows out right now. I feel like we're all at the mercy of YouTube a bit because it's like if you try to watch every show now if you have an audition for there's like right. so many shows that mm-hmm. you know you, you, we're doing a lot of decent amount of research uh, anyways. So, uh, I think that's that's part of it. Yeah. Mark, and half you, the
2: time you're yeah. when you're recording voice like a, a game they won't give you many details mm-hmm. and like about where you are in the story, about your character, about the finished title of the project. Like I, mm-hmm. I just did Spider-Man 2 and that was very clearly Spider-Man. Like there were <laughs> sure. there were some <laughs> context clues that I was able to uh, yeah. detective my way <laughs> yeah. in there. But some yeah. things they're just like, yeah, you don't you have no way of knowing. And you jar- so sometimes it's just acting. And mm. then let them apply it how they need to.
1: Do they like heavily direct you in those sessions? Like, how if you don't know a lot of context, and it's something like Spider Man, where they're kind of keeping it close to the vest, what do you do? Yeah. Um, what's the politic
2: way of addressing this question? <laughs> there have I've I've it's run the gamut of mm. direction, uh, and sometimes you know a lot of a lot of games nowadays, especially are. Um, they they release them in sort of like a serialized manner where like or they're expanding worlds constantly. So I have some characters that like just keep popping up in games as they mm. keep building it out mm. and making people pay for more things. Um, but something like Spider-Man was written and very clearly thought out. And Insomniac, the studio that's behind Spider-Man, is like the pinnacle of video game making. And mm-hmm. so all of the direction was exceptionally thoughtful and you know exactly where you are and the proximity to the people that you're talking to and the mm-hmm. vibe that this moment needs. But sometimes because you never get a script ahead of time in video games, mm-hmm. it's it's a privacy thing, people leaking stuff. So it's you have no you all of that is cold read, quick thinking, and you really need a director to help you shape it. But Oftentimes you're just getting an Excel spreadsheet and there's, you know, 150 lines and sometimes they'll say, yeah, we don't actually know um, where this comes in. So <laughs> That's nice. why don't you uh, do one version of this line where you're yelling at this person as if you're in battle? Uh, and then w- just do one take on it where it's just an intimate conversation. And then one where you're sort of in the background and the player is walking by you and we don't really hear <laughs> interesting
0: so so that mark that's interesting two things one is you said uh insomniac is the uh, pinnacle and my brother-in-law works for activision so i have to mm. disagree I'm i sorry. sure i apologize well, I, have I grew up playing a lot of tony hawk him. pro skaters good, so good. activision <laughs> is very is, close to my heart throw that gauntlet down for you <laughs> yeah. um number one but but number two with what you said there what that gets me thinking about for actors listening for people listening is the flexibility mm-hmm. you need to possess if you're not really given a lot and they need to see some different levels, some different variety. Where do you think that you kind of develop that skill to be open and flexible?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I think video game is the strongest, hardest exercise in cold read and sort of improvisational world building. Um, if, I, if I didn't have a foundation in theater and in doing improv, I think video games would be much harder. Mm-hmm. But because I had read so many plays, I I had done so much text analysis, I can kind of intuit very quickly and build sort of the muscle to the bone of what they're giving me mm-hmm. when I'm seeing those things. But... Yeah, I think it's it's sort of a holistic education that has helped me kind of cobble my career together. But I always, I mean, it, perhaps just to justify it to myself, think that having a background in theater <laughs> has been pretty vital that way. And also the scalability of the performance. Mm. I know sometimes, you know, in, in video game, because it does have to be so big sometimes and you don't have any of the resources around you. So you're doing a lot of imagination Work. You need to see who you're talking to. You're almost never recording with other people. And, you know, without without that make believe elements that that theater puts you through when you're in a black box and all you have are a couple squares (laughs) that you're so that can be skyscrapers or rocks or chairs (laughs) or ovens or, you know, without having that resource to tap into each time. I think it would be a much harder job for me.
1: Mm. And are there any like, um, uh, specific, uh, tech gear or anything that you recommend for somebody who wants to kind of tap into the VO world? Cause I, I, for the people not watching, you're in an awesome booth right now. You sound amazing. So like, what, oh. like obviously the theater background, you have to be able to have that, you know, your, your instrument tone per- for that performance. Your performance performance. Yeah. Uh, but like, what is like the tech, like, what do you kind of expect when it comes into the, uh, video game VO world? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. I I'm not particular I'm tech savvy in other ways, but I'm really not mm-hmm. uh VO tech savvy. I <laughs> I my my default response is just find mentors and ask them. <laughs> sure. And there's no and there's no shortage of people who really specialize and nerd out on sound mm-hmm. and to me, and everything that I've heard from my reps and and from going to workshops and being in classes, at the end of the day, performance wins out. Mm-hmm. So don't let... there's This may be a controversial statement to people who are really <laughs> diehards in VO. You, on one hand, only get to make a first impression once. Mm-hmm. So if your materials are not up to par then maybe hold off on putting together a reel until you really have that craft. But, you know, start figuring out what your voice sounds like. Start finding... uh, You don't need a a crazy expensive microphone. You don't need a mixer. You can get a plug-and-play USB Yeti snowball microphone that, you know, maybe not be broadcast quality, but gives you the experience of being recorded. And I've heard so many casting directors just say, like, especially because a lot of things go to celebrities and they want to hear a celebrity read and a celebrity does not have a booth at home, (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, they're listening to auditions that were recorded on a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that a self-tape for on camera, a thousand people want to sell you something. But at the end of the day, you need to send a connected tape. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing good work, then it's pretty easy for the expert in the field to tune out the distraction behind you. Mm So yeah. I don't know if that was an actual answer. No, that was, no, but you, great.
0: Mark, but you know what I like about that, Mark, is I think sometimes we can almost be procrastinating to practice or to yeah. do something because we want the perfect technology, and it's like, well, if I have this iPhone and then I have this mm-hmm. mic and all these things, we wait until that when it's like, yeah. well, no, you can you can do it right now with the thing you have and the stuff you've got, and and build up from there, you know, and get feedback from people and. Yeah, I've got somebody in, in one of my classes right now who's who's you know she keeps sending me her self tapes, which is great, and I'm like giving her little things of like okay, the lighting and this and this and and, and she's tweaking it and it's getting better and better, but she's still doing the acting in it. She's still right. getting those reps in, so it's not preventing her, it's not
2: stopping her. You
0: know what I mean? She's not waiting.
2: Yeah, um, you're getting people. People will, and it's a great little gremlin that we give to ourselves. It's one yeah. of those things that holds us back, and those that voice in our head that that. <laughs> Is trying to protect us from failure or Mm -hmm. is or from being disappointed or from being embarrassed on some level. But that voice that says, you know, you need to get ready to get ready.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: As opposed to just the best education is doing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. obviously you don't want to embarrass yourself. (laughs) You don't want to disappoint people. But most of the job, even when you're doing it well, is no -hmm. At the end of the day, like (laughs) 95% of your job is quote unquote failure. Mm -hmm. So start early. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Honestly.
0: Mark, with with the doing and stuff, I'm curious because you you do have such a a, a wide skill set. What do you feel like for you really helped you kind of become like a doer and get that experience and get that like intuition? You know, was it was it classes? Was it doing workshops? Was it being theater? Was it improv? I mean, I know you've done a bunch of different stuff. What do you what do you feel like was really helpful for maybe someone who's new, newer and like oh, I'm supposed to do all these things? It's like well, you know, here's a good place to start.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I could probably fine tune my career a little bit at this point. But I've always my my prerogative has been wanting to work and trying to treat it like a business. And so the internal directive that I've had for myself for a really long time is that, like, if I want this to be my job, I need to cobble together five auditions in a week Mm -hmm. like I need to treat it like a an accountant, like somebody who's showing up every day and is doing something for their career. And and is that, you know, maybe that's practicum and doing self-tape practice or recording, you know, just scratch vo for myself or it's making relationships with casting and or, you know, going to class on a night. It's it's, you know, it's all of those things together. But I think for me, it's always been recognizing that there are a lot of ways you can make a career out of this job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I now am at a place where I know how to balance my time a little bit. I don't I don't overindulge in if I'm overindulging in one area, if I'm spending a lot of time and on camera, then maybe my VO takes a little step back. But during the strike vo was still able to operate Mm -hmm. and i was so grateful and during the pandemic vo was able to operate and that was sort of when i got more into vo i had i happened to be wanting to sort of diversify and get my numbers up and that happened just by universal happenstance timed out to be like oh well suddenly no one can do on camera anymore and i had just upgraded my setup and so Yeah, I I think I think class is always important. Actors should. That's one of those like adages that I feel like everyone says and people like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. but (laughs) I I do think class is pretty essential. Just just be acting Mm -hmm. with regularity and having a system of checks and balances on your acting is nice, too.
0: I think one thing, too, I I do like to say, or I think, you know, and and we haven't said this in a while, and you're right, you know, class is important, but I also think it's like finding the class that speaks to you, because I feel like there's Mm -hmm. sometimes we, and and sometimes the name classes can be great. They really can. There's there's value there. There's a reason, you know, but sometimes I think people kind of stay in those a little longer, or they think because it's on their resume, that's the reason they're going to be working. And You know, I think it's, it's worth it to kind of do some exploring and then find what resonates with you, you know, the teacher or the place or the other students, because that's an interesting thing too, where the resume is, is part of the equation, but when you get the audition. You know, if you haven't gotten from that place what you need, you know what I mean? Or if it, isn't, right. if that, if it doesn't inspire you. Right. Like that, that's that's a challenge.
2: I think it's such a fine balance in a class, too. You want a community where it's safe to take big swings and fail. You want to be challenged, but you also can't be beholden to your class, because if you need to take an audition into this, these people every single time you get an audition, it's just not practical. Like you yeah. need to be able to leave the class with the tools to self-direct, to operate on your own. And, yeah. I, and I think uh, certainly for my career and something that I still struggle with all the time is I think it's really easy for actors to get locked into a sense of inertia, both yeah. with their with their class and they're sort of stagnating and you're with the same people and you're doing the same kind of work and you're not pushing yourself and it's safe, it's wonderful. But there should always be a strive toward growth. And the same thing with reps. Where, you know, if you're afraid to rock the boat, you know, if it's a good thing, it's a good thing. And you're getting opportunities and you feel like you're being heard and respected. It's one thing. But the fear of being disappointed by whatever else is out there, I mm-hmm. think stops us from kind of pursuing our highest heights.
1: What would you recommend for like a newer actor with that kind of mentality? Because it seems like, you, you know, finding auditions are good, but did you like when you started out do your own projects or like, was there a way to kind of get that engine moving without kind of relying on somebody else to find you kind of thing?
2: Yeah. I, I was just submitting for everything. (laughs) I was just really, Mm -hmm. I I was just scouring actors access and auditioning for, you know, I was in a position where I could uh, audition for theater that paid nothing, which (laughs) spoiler alert is most theater. Um, And, uh and in the meantime, I was in class. In the meantime, I was in workshops. It was sort of a multi-pronged approach of like, I want every real opportunity mm-hmm. to work if I can, even if it's student film, even if it's, you know, something to get footage, something to have the experience of being on a set, do the same thing over and over again, shoot out of sequence. Mm-hmm. I want to do theater so that I can tell a story straight through and I want to meet people you know people in workshops because it's a kind of safer space to fail than getting an audition from this person and not being up to it Mm -hmm. and also hearing what they respond to so that was sort of how I started and I would recommend to people and it's a lot of like you're never gonna there's never gonna be a point where you are ready Mm -hmm. yeah that's an illusion for sure
0: Mark, were you a reader? Also, is that right at at some workshops and stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also did I did that at Actors' Key for a little. Okay, time, yeah, so, that was so, yeah, you probably know
2: Brett yeah, Weinstock, yeah. who exactly. is exactly yes, yeah I know Brett. Yes, yes. So
0: you so you've been a reader. What did you or have been or are? And like, what yeah. have you learned from that? Because it's I think it's a wonderful thing. I, I I really got a lot out of it.
2: Everything. Yeah, I I'm a big. I know it's again. Oh God, I'm I'm so controversial, which is again <laughs> very inconsistent with my character, but um. I know. I know. Workshops are a, a sort of hot button, yucky sort of topic, yeah, and and yeah. I agree that they. I think they're a necessary evil, and I think yeah. the root issues behind the workshop conversation are not workshops' faults. It's it's the way that casting ends up getting paid and disrespected on their end. That they, you know, there's just no time for generals anymore. There's no. Um. I could go into a whole thing where no here's. But- here's something
0: my wife had an audition yesterday and she doesn't have a sides express account she Uh. was gonna have to buy the sides for like four bucks for an audition right she's like john can i get your login i'm like yeah but like why she gets an audition and she has to pay four bucks for it like that like it's kind of ridiculous the stuff we get charged for and so i know what you're saying and I, i i'm in agreement with the workshops it also though i feel strongly if you're not getting opportunities, it's a way to get opportunities, and we need opportunities. In this right. Town. So and, you're right. It's 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 a, and
2: you know. in any other field, there's uh, there's networking mm-hmm. things. People yes. go to conferences. People yes. go. You know, there are devices in more normal jobs that do that, and you sort. It's just a part of an operating cost. Like it goes back to my thinking of of doing this job as a business, mm-hmm. is that you have to and like, you know, one of. Uh, I love the Audrey Helps Actors podcast, not to like tout it's another great. podcast. <laughs> it's great. It's, great. Podcast. No, it's a great one. Yeah. But one yeah. of the things that she always, you know, really advocates is like, you have to invest in your career. Mm-hmm. You have to put, and she was really diligent about putting her money straight back in. Yeah. And I think that's a really smart way of looking at it that like, you can be angry at the system, but if the system is not like, you're not going to change that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all you're doing is denying yourself the opportunity to meet people. And, and to your point of being a reader, what that has taught me is how to work, Workshop. Mm-hmm. And not just it helped me develop relationships and see casting as people, which yep. is really helpful because yep. I have a real authority thing. <laughs> I have a hard time, you know, <laughs> seeing people who are in a position to give me work as peers yeah. Yeah. and other human beings with interests that lie outside of this field. Mm-hmm. So that helped because I'm spending, you know, the whole night getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's also seeing how to come in and present yourself in a way that is digestible, that, Mm -hmm. you know, your whole job as an actor is to solve casting's problem. Mm -hmm. They have a breakdown that's this, you know, two-dimensional stick figure of an idea. And how, you know, how do you give so much of your essence in this little moment that you have with them to meet them that also says like, okay, I know what I would do with him. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, I think people worry about meeting someone when they're actively casting a show, but more often than I would say 95% of the casting directors who are doing workshops and who do classes and other spaces are still also casting at different times. You know, even if they're on hiatus or their show just got canceled, they want to know good actors. And the more you can provide yourself and make it easy to see like, Oh, this is what his strengths are. This is, what he what his essence is what the like i i tell well, I, my I, go ahead yeah no
0: i was just gonna say i always found too mark maybe you found this just like that that i always saw casting records get excited when they found a, a new good actor they were excited yeah. you know what i mean like oh oh this is someone you know if i have something coming up i want to remember them because i like them you know and so like showing them what your, your stuff as you're saying you know what i mean like i think that's 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 a wonderful thing about workshops and then when it aligns if they're maybe on a show and something comes up soon you know what I mean? Like that's 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 such a great
2: um, yeah opportunity. And people, I, I think our job is so hard and it's so hard on your heart and it takes such a level of endurance and it's such a marathon and not a sprint. Even if you get success early to sustain the career is such a marathon. And I think to protect ourselves because I, I have a hard time thinking I don't want to paint actors as lazy, but I think something that happens a lot in the workshop space is like, If a venue has a sides folder, right, then actors are just going straight to like these sides that have been around for 10, 15 years. And sure, they're perfectly adequate procedural scenes, but they are not fully fleshed out characters. That's not even the purpose of most procedurals. It's like you're, you know, you're telling a contained story. You're not getting to know a person for longer. And the more you can come into that sort of space with, sides that speak to you or hopefully you know hopefully a casting director is assigning sides and they're getting a sense of who you are and then it's not as hard but if you're providing your own it's just knowing knowing the kind of work that you do best even if they're currently on a procedural and you're like i'm a comedy i'm a single cam comedy guy mm-hmm. like don't be afraid of that they're smart assume a, a, a wonderful casting associate slash sometimes casting director named emily fleischer said in a workshop once assume genius on the other end of your tape mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i love that and i think that's a great way to think about workshops too is like these are the reason you're in the class in the first place is because they're doing that job they're an expert in the field don't think you have to spoon feed them you know the only thing that they're looking for right now mm-hmm. let them know who you are and trust them to do
1: the job that they do to figure out where you fit yeah it's, it's a assume good intent that like whole phrase and saying it's it's amazing yeah is there um when it came to like trying to figure out from your side, like what your casting was or what your things, is it just trial and error or like, what did you, how did you kind of find that for yourself? Cause I feel like I've, I'm always thinking that for me too. And I think yeah. it's so hard, right?
2: Yeah, it's so hard. And I think there's so many wonderful things to a background in theater, but it does give you <laughs> this sense that you can do anything, <laughs> particularly in like a, an educational setting Yeah, where like, am I going to play? Uh, right out the gate from college, the father of the dead son in Brigadoon? <laughs> Probably not. But I'm Probably not. When I can't grow a beard on my face and only on my neck, I don't think I'm selling that to anyone. Uh, but, yeah, I i think the way that I've honed it is... i I think I, I know there are smarter ways to do it than the way that I did. And I think there's a lot of people who teach much smarter ways. Because A lot of it was trial by error for me. And, mm-hmm. and, and learning quickly that there are, I can act most things, hopefully, if mm-hmm. given an opportunity. I can give you my take on it. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who just are that. Yeah. And the more I'm able to find the things that are me, that aren't work, To access and like, of course, we love the work sometimes like we want that (laughs) challenge, We want to go outside of ourselves as an escape as whatever. But like, I think to there's often unless you reach that point in your career where people are like, gosh, I really want to see him do something I haven't seen him do before. <laughs> yeah, Like, that's a real high-level problem <laughs> yeah. to get to encounter as a career actor. Most <laughs> of the time, it's like, just do the thing you're really good at because people seem to really respond to it, and how great that you have a thing you're good at.
1: Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, actually, like, Matthew McConaughey was kind of that way. Like, he did a lot of the rom-coms, and then he quickly pivoted doing, like, all the crazy stuff he's doing now. <laughs> so, yeah! Yeah, it's great.
2: Yeah. yeah. And when people find that thing that resonates with their with their essence, I think there's yeah, there's some sort of alchemy where you're like, this is the perfect meld of material and person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people win awards. And I think that's why people keep getting jobs and those same things. And, and you know, the outsiders like, gosh, why does they always play, you know, the man in the van? <laughs> like mm-hmm. the you know the yeah. guy giving tech advice while all the exciting stuff is happening mm-hmm. but like if that's your bag yeah. then lean into it because there's always going to be a need for that character in the world and when you see that come in in a break like there are like if i see neurotic in a breakdown if i see like highly educated if i see uh, not super outdoorsy <laughs> <laughs> you're like katniss mark like, like, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is it this is it
0: yeah, I, I, I always think about, there was this guy at Actors' Key named Hans, and he, you're talking about this like a sides database, and yeah, you'd see a lot of scenes a lot, and if you didn't have a new take on it or yeah. really good, it was like kind of, <clears throat> not a waste of a scene, but it was really hard. But Hans got his own site scene approved where he got to do like three different accents, because he was doing uh, accents, right? Wow. And and he would do it, and I'd seen it a bunch of times because I've been a reader there for a while with different casting directors. But every time he left the room, the casting director would be like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "I've seen this a hundred times," but it always impressed because it was him to like the fullest. It was well, he did he did a great job with it, and you know, it's like someone seeing you know a movie you're in where you you fulfill that role. You know, he picks he spent the time, Mm -hmm. you know, wrote something for himself that was well written and fit him to a T. And it showed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus, like, all right, I'm just gonna, you know, pick this from mm-hmm. Two and a Half Men or this from Medium or something.
2: Right. The right. number of times I've read like that one scene from Damages. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, Damages has not been on the air in a long time, you guys.
0: You, uh, yeah. you know, you know what, Mark? There used to be a scene, um, t- Corbin. You might have done this scene where the guy breaks in because he wants to apologize to his girlfriend, oh, and yeah. the, like someone else in the building is like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I just want to apologize." She's like, "You're." An intruder and he's like I just it's for love you know and I, I don't know it's like a I saw that scene so many times so yeah yeah that's, that's Classic. true
2: <laughs> and uh, it's hard and it's like no matter how well you do it too. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it and it does. It takes so much work but I think it's important work to yeah. to watch shows That are airing or have just aired. Mm -hmm. Yes. still have people making content, you know, so that when their new show comes out, you can be like, oh, I know that person's voice and I speak that person's language. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. and it takes it takes the investment of time to figure out like, oh, you know, to transcribe a scene from a show that is right for you takes work. And to find a scene and a character is is an investment of time. But the dividends that it pays in terms of like now, you know, just like a monologue for theater. You know, if you're coming, especially for theater, you like lock in these five pieces of text to your brain forever yeah. and they'll get maybe stale, but you're doing them over and over for different people. And they they have to be the youest you that ever you'd mm-hmm. because also, they're seeing so many people.
0: So fu- and it's also funny, Mark, I was just thinking in class. I assign scenes for people, yeah. but then when I, every once in a while I'll be like, okay, you guys find scenes. So many people are missing that class. They're like, oh, I can't mm-hmm. make it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh really? Or did you just not spend any time yeah. to look through the database or find a scene for yourself? You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, I got my scene I'm You know? So uh, I, I hear sometimes that extra step can, can, can separate you. I, I do have a question Mark with this Please. when you're auditioning and we can look at different realms, TV, um, commercials, voiceover, how do you use your improv? Like, do you do you mm. kind of use it all the time? Do you use it on self tapes? Do you use it in the room? Do you something like, I'm just curious, kind of your approach with that.
2: Yeah, it's, I think it's evolved as I've gotten more confident slash the whole fluke that is my career less looks a little less fluky mm. mm-hmm. because I feel a little bit more confident to bring in more of myself, right? I'm not trying to be the thing that they need in the tape, as opposed to take my swing at it, so I think yep. that's that's helped. Like having improv as a resource has has helped that. But I, depending on the project, and uh-huh. I think it varies wildly because you can't, you don't want to write their script for them unless they're specifically telling you, and that that's one way to get really offensive really quickly. Mm-hmm. But I, I will usually do an improv lead-in with my reader if I'm taking since everything's on tape. I, I'll do an improv lead in with my reader and sometimes I'll include the tail end of it as, you know, we're transitioning out of my name card into the tape mm-hmm. so that the first thing they hear clearly is the line that they're expecting to start the scene. But, you know, something that gives a sense of motion mm-hmm. to the scene and and keeping it alive at the end, you know, with either with either a verbal button or a nonverbal button yeah i think is is really vital just like you don't this is a the audition is a moment in time mm-hmm. but it doesn't have life doesn't have hard starts and stops <laughs> so i think a lot of people just play it really polite and safe and i love rules again big rule follower <laughs> and it's and it's really hard and my stomach flips every time i do that because i'm like there's always the chance the casting's not going to like it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day they might be annoyed but they'll cut out the part they don't want to see if yeah. they like the rest of your tape
1: yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, they can't elongate. They can't just go, like, this is what he would have done in the. Right. <laughs> but they can always chop it. And also, if they didn't like it, they can just you know move on like it's not like you're gonna get blacklisted because you like improvise a little right as long as (laughs)
2: you're yeah if you're if you're doing the work in a respectful way if you're memorizing your scene if you're making choices if you understand the tone of the piece Mm -hmm. you're not gonna piss anybody off and if you (laughs) are that's probably not on you like they're having a bad day and they've been stuck at their desk for 12 hours because there's no line between going into the office and being at home now for casting (laughs) like yeah you know
1: that's crazy. Yeah, it's not so true. It, the one of my favorite self tapes I bring up often is the the um Stranger Things, the brother when he like does yeah. that tape. And it's so interesting to watch like he's like shirtless dancing in between the two takes. Like it's so weird and so interesting at the same time. That's definitely a big swing. I'm not sure if I would do that, but like it is it is that character, right? Like it, that character would do something like that in a self tape. Yeah. Um, I would
2: love to reach that point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's like
2: I was reading an article about the about Barry Keegan, I think he's I don't know if that's the yeah. problem. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Saul 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 From yeah. Saltburn. From Saltburn and, yeah. and yeah. like yeah. every other thing. And he <laughs> he's I think he's the new if not Joker Riddler or something yep. in, the, mm-hmm. in the in the R Pats Batman. Mm-hmm. And and he decided he wanted to play it. And so he just like shot a weird little tape of himself
3: mm-hmm.
2: like walking down a hallway shining style as <laughs> the Joker. Yeah, and like, I would not. I mean, kudos if you are the kind of actor (laughs) who has that in you. Like, that's a little too. I need more rules and structure than that. And also, I'm not with reps that are gonna be like, "Hey, here's our guy." Like, my reps are gonna see and be like, "I can you? Why? (laughs) What happened?" (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. I just had a self tape for salt burn too, and I went for it. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Saltier burn, (laughs) saltier burn (laughs) is a burn that hurts. (laughs) hurts. Um, uh, Mark, you've done a bunch of TV shows. I'm wondering if any shows stand out to you, any experiences. I mean, you know, you you could pick what you want, but I know I saw kind of on your reels some stuff with Kelsey Grammer and some other stuff. But is there anything that like jumps out to you that you really enjoy that was fun, on set experience to 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 share?
2: I mean, I so with with Kelsey, I got to do a a Lifetime Christmas movie, which, you know, does not necessarily going to win any awards, but was an absolutely just Mm -hmm. delightful experience because Kelsey goes into that setting. And I this was right before they had announced the Frasier reboot. Gotcha. Um, But they were he's you know, he's a producer on Frasier and they were it was like a loud whisper on set. So it was, you know, and he's Kelsey Grammer. He's won six Emmys and DGA award. I mean, he does not need to care necessarily about our Lifetime Christmas movie, but he did. And and having grown like my education before I became serious about this job was watching TV. I watched a lot of TV growing up, a lot of Nick at night. And so, you know, his voice and and cheers and Frasier and mad about you. And and, you know, that era of sitcom is sort of what taught me timing. And so to get to be I was sort of the Bob Cratchit to his Scrooge in this movie. So long suffering employee who ultimately gets handed spoiler alert the <laughs> reins to the company. Um, You know, just to be with him and see the way he works and and self edits. Mm. And, you know, he's a uh, he's an interesting individual, but he is a titan of comedy. Mm-hmm. Objectively, he is mm-hmm. he is a master of his craft and has been for a really long time. And so it was a a nice challenge for me because I had to, I, I'm not just yes sir to him. Mm-hmm. I had things to do. I had weird quirks that I needed to bring to it. I have like a pet hamster that I dress in clothes. <laughs> I have like I I have to speak out of turn at a meeting. Just things that require me to be a full fledged person and not just his yes guy. Mm-hmm. And so to take the space mm-hmm. of. You know, knowing that I—it's my job to be funny here too, Mm -hmm. and to to tell the story here, and to support him in what I'm doing, like to kind of alley oop all. You know what you're getting from Kelsey Grammer, like Mm -hmm. that is—you can hear his voice, and you—I can hear him reading every script if I really set my mind to it. (laughs) Yeah. And, so it reached a point, you know, in in our—we shot for a couple weeks in Connecticut, which was amazing, and just every day I'm with him. All my stuff is with him, Mm. and. So I, one, made a point of reading sides with him every morning because I wanted to, like, get to know him and I wanted to take that mystere away Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because, you know, we are still colleagues in this job, like both in the story and in actually showing up on set and sitting around for hours. Mm -hmm. And. So I, I made a point of humanizing him that way. And then it also allowed me to riff with him slowly. And when it came time for my more comedic moments, I like I had ideas mm. that I that I felt I reached a point of feeling comfortable and saying, like, do you think this is funny or do you think this is funnier? And he's like, well, I'll do both," <laughs> and, which is so gratifying because yeah. I hear him saying that. Yeah. And so that was just like. You know, you can poo poo a lot of that content, Mm -hmm. but as an experience, as an act, one, it was the most efficient set I've ever been on because Mm -hmm. they only have so much time to shoot and they got to crank these movies out. This this production company, Synthetic, they make a lot of movies for Hallmark and for Lifetime, both in the Christmas variety and the rom-com variety and the murder of a week variety mm-hmm. but they have it down to a science and the team knows how to work together and they're extremely efficient they know what shots they need everything is boarded we we wrapped a day early wow, wow. Okay. which just doesn't happen no, like it doesn't. It, and i no. yeah and i i did that same year a really you know substantial budget morgan freeman josh hutcherson movie mm-hmm. and that was not the case <laughs> uh, <laughs> But so, you know, I, I came in ready to play and I was respected for my contribution and it was, you know,
0: you know what I like about that, Mark is I, I, and I think about this sometimes is this idea of like bringing in your, your, your full light. You know like not dimming yeah. it not you know like whether we dim it ourselves or whether we allow someone else to dim it you know how do we bring in our full light and sometimes that can be hard if you're on an intimidating set or with an actor that you you know you've looked up to like but but it, it makes them better um you know uh, it makes the scene better it makes the world better and sometimes you have to build that but this idea of like bringing your your your, your full acting ability your full talent i think that's something that like sometimes we can people can shy away from mm-hmm. and so for you to be able to allow to like kind of lean into that and get comfortable i think that's that's so great that's why i always feel like it's one of the hardest things to do is like come on a set for like one day and like yeah. and you're gone like it's so challenging because there's you haven't kind of built that trust they don't know you you don't know them it's right. a really hard thing to do you know whereas after when you get some time i always say by like the third day on set you're like smoking with the crew you know what I mean? right like, look, at these, <laughs> look at these newbies yeah you know?
2: i mean <laughs> just to be it's such a luxury yes. to yes. to be able to to come back. Cause most of the time, yeah, it's exactly that. You're you're a guest yeah. in somebody's house. Yes. You show up, you do your job, you're nice yeah. to people and you leave. Yeah. And you hope that people remember, but at the worst case scenario, like yeah. you don't get cut and yeah. you did your job well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah but it is so it is such a it is such a gift to be able to come back and to build rapport and it's also important to know when your job is just to show up and do your lines and not overcomplicate a moment like I was I was a supporting lead in that movie I was a supporting lead in the the movie with Josh and Morgan like it was so I had the permission and the expectation that what I'm bringing to it is somebody else that you're following in this story Mm -hmm. I'm still supporting the piece as a whole Mm-hmm. But if I'm a coast, you know, at the earlier part of my career, I did a lot of co-stars. I'm still, you know, if there's because of budgets now, a co-star doesn't mean what it used to. <laughs> yep. yep. Um. But, you know, if you're reading for a co-star, particularly a co-star that maybe doesn't have a name in the script likely you're named after the job you're doing in the scene (laughs) Yes, and they don't need you to they you are not the most interesting person in this moment yeah you still bring truth to it you still but you don't hold things up and you're figure you know who's who you are suppo- supporting in yeah. that moment? I think is vital for actors to understand.
0: Mm. I say turn that into a twenty minute self tape. Live that life. <laughs> just live Mark, it. Just yeah, show us really. Milk in it. out. Just mil- <laughs> like the entrance to the movie The Wrestler, where they follow you with the camera. They're behind you. You go into the butcher shop, even if you yeah. don't look at the butcher. Sh- it's the whole thing. It's the well, whole-
2: I so so to I guess undermine myself. <laughs> I. I had, uh, I'm a a CIA data analyst in Obliterated, the Netflix show that uh, just dropped in November. And um, the scene is really just me receiving information in a, like on my computer, freaking out. And like the scene picks up, the the audition scene picked up with me running in and Mm. giving the lowdown on what's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. that's it, it was just literally like he races in and tells one of the series regulars what's happening but I, you know speaking to the improv, making it a fluid moment, like a beginning, middle, and an end like I I gave them in my tape the moment where like I'm doing my job, I receive the information Mm -hmm. I double check that I heard it correctly, I freak out I get my brain together and then I run in and do the moment that they're expecting now mm-hmm. all of that took place in 20 seconds so yeah. I'm not ruining their lives like yes. I'm not <laughs> you know I'm not keeping them from their dinner or their children yeah but but I'm still putting that yeah. in there to mm-hmm. give you know and that's that's still part of the job that's what that's what I'm coming from yes you're, well you're giving it the life you're giving it I'm life, giving it yeah. the life right you really are yeah yeah yeah, but it's still a swing like that one I sent yeah. off, and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> like, I hope they don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not making myself wild. Like it's, yeah. it's all very grounded in the truth yeah. of the moment. But it's maybe not if they were, it worked. Oh well, I could see it a world do, in yeah. which it didn't. Yeah, yeah. yes. Did,
1: did they, say, did they say they like they, when you got on set later? Like, was there anybody? I doubt it. But like, did anybody? No, go, like, no, no one, really one said
2: anything. Day. But yeah. they booked me. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's sort yeah. of my that's like. That did, says it.
0: Yeah. But you can ask, it's so funny, Corbin. I've asked before. I'm like, oh, what was it in the self-tape? Or what you know? And they're like, yeah, you just felt like the part. And you're like, okay, great. So like unsatisfying. all that stress. <laughs> yeah. It's so unsatisfying. So, it's it's yeah. rare. It's yeah. super rare. Sometimes you get some specifics, but super rare. Most of the time it is very unsatisfying. Did you have something, Mark, to add to that? Oh,
2: yeah. No, it's just there's, you're one of a thousand things they have to think oh, about. Man. Like a showrunner, the reason it, it's, I, I can't fathom and I know this was just the way it was for so long, where, you know, with in-person auditions and callbacks, you'd get everyone responsible for creating a show in the room.
0: Mm. That's true.
2: And That's true. You're right. And knowing what is involved in that job, or not even, I mean, I don't even really know, but I can... Yeah. what is involved in that job that's an insane ask Mm -hmm. for especially if you're doing a big procedural that has like a guest cast of 20 in a week like and that is the you are you should be on a location scout (laughs) you should be doing rewrites on this draft for whatever shooting tomorrow you have five days to shoot out your episode like it's just it's so inefficient so but mark
0: mark that's how important we are, buddy. That's, That's how so true. Are. We, we are. are worth the time, buddy. You are worth the time, man. Yeah. You're worth it. Yeah, you're worth it. Mark, I want to ask you about performing at the Geffen, man. I love yeah. that theater. So you did a show there. Was that uh, last year or, I ju- or?
2: Yeah, we just. It was just in uh, October into November of of this last year. So how so was we that were, experience? I, I love that theater. Uh, a, a dream from wow. start to finish. Oh, yeah, right. I, I it was the first place that I ever saw a theater in Los Angeles. I'm from okay. Phoenix, uh, mm-hmm. Arizona originally, and had some family out here who were subscribers. So I've known that I wanted to be an actor for a pretty long time. So I was seeing my parents had season tickets to a theater in Phoenix, and you know when we would come out to visit these cousins, they were subscribers at the Geffen. So I saw a show there when I was eleven. And so, wow. you know, and that was before I really knew that I wanted to do it, but I knew I liked it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the kind of full circle of that and then entering, you know, I went to school for theater at USC and then I started immediately hitting EPA's equity principal auditions where yep. you're as a non-union actor, you're sitting around all day hoping somebody doesn't show up so that you get to audition. So <laughs> yeah. I would wait in the Geffen lobby from 830 in the morning until 5 mm-hmm. p.m. until mm-hmm. Phyllis deigned to read people. Yep. And, uh, you know, so so to be able to go in there and and work was really Mm. just quite a joy. And it was, you know, it's not I think it was happenstance that the show was everything that I I could Mm. have possibly asked for. It's not, you know. It it takes there's so many different component parts that make a piece of theater work or not work or. But we we had a director who was a genius, Darko Trezhnak, who won the Tony for Gentleman's Guide. Um and our playwright is uh a wonderful screenwriter mostly named Sam Baum, who uh created the show Lie to Me mm-hmm. and uh wrote The Wizard of Lies. He's got a whole lie thing. Those them. are some
0: those are some workshop sides. There's some lie to me yeah, workshops. For sure, for sure. <laughs> There's a couple of those in there. <laughs> yeah. I've and, definitely seen those. Yep.
2: But we but Sam was really explicit when we booked Like when on on sort of our first rehearsal and throughout the process that, you know, having come from TV where there are so many, you know, you make sacrifices, your calculations are different. You're trying to you're selling ad space and you're trying to get people hooked with celebrities. And he he'd done enough and been sort of jaded by the TV side of the industry that he has a no assholes policy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's cultivated from experience that fell short, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But. I it couldn't have been truer. It was it was, you know, it was a tight 80 minute play, which was really nice in the sense that, like, it started and it ended. There was no we didn't have to. You, you, The show just naturally built was well crafted. We had time to work it Mm. and everyone showed up and was just it was just a wonderful group to explore with and play with and and Darko is a genius because his background is all in choreography and he like, he's the only director I've ever heard of who wanted to go into directing opera and classics, Wow, Mm. which is not a particularly lucrative approach to the business, (laughs) but he, but part of that is like he, so he honed those skills and he applies them to everything else he directs. And so he let us explore and find moments. And then the level of precision that was happening in his brain that he, you know, just introduced at the at us time is like, you know, if we, I would take three steps towards someone. He's like, I think you can do that in one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. It's just little like finesse tuning mm-hmm. that it just makes you feel so confident to be able to just show up and do your job mm-hmm. because someone else has thought about everything else. And that was across the board with every every element of design, yeah. the entire production staff, the artistic leadership of the theater. We like, it was just so supportive. It was really, and we were the first piece under Terrell Alvin McCraney's new artistic leadership. That's right. Wow, that's which, right. yeah. So we were actually in rehearsal before he was announced. Mm, and sad. then we didn't know and <laughs> Then he's announced. And, you know, that same day, his assistant is in our rehearsal room. And then two days later, he's in our rehearsal room. Yeah. And we just carried on that spirit of support. And that's I mean, that's the dream you hope. And, and I think that's happened on every on camera job, too, is like the higher up you go the better people for the most i'm sure there's exceptions but the higher up you go Mm -hmm, the better people treat you like there's just a a quality that rises Mm -hmm, and it's so nice to get to play in a space like that
0: I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm sad I didn't, I, I, I like to w- go to theater, I like to do theater. I'm sad I, I missed it, but uh, that was cool to see. Uh, uh, that's that's awesome. I'm glad you had a great experience. So Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, Mark, we have one final thing before we uh, get you out of here into your six-month-old, uh, yes. it's called <laughs> Your Best, Best Bad, Bad act. Now, Mark, <laughs> based on your experience, you're a good actor. We know that, but we're going to give you something from a little-known movie. This is this is kind of niche. Um so Corbin tends to not give people what it's from because he just sends it in the chat. Okay. So this uh-huh. is from, this is from escape from New York. Okay. So there's like a bad guy in it. Um, and so you can put your whatever spin on it. You can have okay. some fun with it. It was just kind of a fun villainy type thing. And the the, the 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 goal is just to have fun with it and we might give you a redirect, but there's there's Oh, one I one hope up. you do. Yes. <laughs> I have yes, heard, I've heard uh, this segment in the pod and, Yes. and yes.
2: it's 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 one of it's like a mind trap because <laughs> you like <laughs> because I also you know if improv taught me anything it's that I just can't have shame
1: yeah, I, like, right. I can't,
2: yeah. like there's no place for shame in improv or no, in most of your work as an actor like I because I look like this like i I can't it's not about me being pretty doing the job yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. and and I think good actors aren't afraid to be ugly yeah, yeah so I always think about when people are doing this in this in in your show of like but but bad acting. <laughs> what, do <you> <laughs> what do you mean? What about the shade? What do you what mean, mean about, about the Bad shade? acting.
0: That's funny. All right. Well, whenever um,
2: whenever you're ready, Mark. <laughs> We're going to have their best man leading the way from the neck up on the hood of my car.
1: <gasps> <gasps> well, that was good. That was like oh, Batman level. Yeah. I was thinking Batman. Mm-hmm. That I was, was good. thinking that exactly. Oh, my God. Corbin, do you have a redirect, please? Oh, my God. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I was caught off by how great that was. Uh, I've got it. I've yeah, got yeah, it. You go, Take you your go. time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's give it a salt burn, too. Just burn ooh, harder. Ooh, yeah, a little. That's yeah. A good call.
2: We're going to have their best man leading the way. <laughs> From the neck up on the hood of my car.
1: Ooh, the hood. <laughs> oh, Yes, It's completely I different energy. It. I love it. It was so good,
0: and I got a little bit of uh, the Colin Farrell movie that, that won all those awards. What was it? The Two Irishmen? What was Oh, the,
1: uh,
2: Banshees of Inisherin. Banshees. Yeah, yes, 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 I yes, got yes, some yes. Banshees yes. in that. Yes, I got a little. Yeah, Banshee I don't in know it. where that dialect yeah. fell in that moment, <laughs> but it was it'll, all it'll, a, it'll, a hot flash blur for me. So,
1: <laughs> Corbin, anything else? Um, let's let's see it as as you as Spider Man. Like I know you you were doing some other pieces, but like let's see let's see if you're if you're flying through the air as actual as, spider-man, as Spider-Man yeah, as oh
2: Spider-Man. okay well we're gonna have their best man leading the way <laughs> from the neck up on the hood of my car
1: <laughs> that was so good that's exactly what i wanted
0: <laughs> <laughs> what range huh corbin it's what honestly, range yeah all yes. over. yeah so good yeah. What's what's interesting about that, Mark, is how quickly you shifted gears. Mm-hmm. You know, like I talk about that a lot of this idea of like people like talk about over rehearsing. I never say over rehearsing. I always say you have just put it in cement and you're stuck in. Yeah. It. Like those are two different things. I yeah. love rehearsing, but when you put it in cement, and I love. I can tell. You know, obviously, Mark, your instrument is loose, which is awesome, man. Yes. And and you know all all the stuff you've done. But it was so fun.
1: I mean, those three were so different and so enjoyable, right, Corvid? So enjoyable, and you you have so much fun with it too. It yeah. A lot of a lot of. Action. Forget joy. I think. You the gotta joy. and and yeah. yeah
2: I, I there's that you know. I I wish I could think about it like this all the time. Mm-hmm. But that that Philip Seymour Hoffman quote of like this is your two minutes to play this part. Yes. Yeah. Worst yes. case scenario, and I always try and often fail, but try to go back to that mm-hmm. yeah. thought of you know you're the odds are not in your favor. Yeah. No. no, you can look at it as like a hopeless, fruitless effort, or you can find the joy in it, find the joy in the storytelling and, and making something out of it for yourself. I own. need
0: that too, Mark. When it's 9.30 at night, I'm pissed off. I'm trying to put up my backdrop and it's like ripping. Right. And I'm like, I just need to get this audition done. <laughs> yeah. I love what I'm doing here. It's so frustrating. Exactly. Right. You're right. The remembering that joy. I think it's such a great thing. and. And sometimes that can come from the work. Sometimes that can come from the people. That can come from the project. So it can come from a lot of places. I think you know. Yeah. So I love it, Mark. I can tell you're bringing joy to your work. I can tell you've you've hit a good spot where you know who you are and what stuff you want to do. And you know, man, you're getting you're getting opportunities, obviously, and you're going to get more. So it, it's so. Awesome to get to know you and kind of hear, hear more of your story. This has been great, really. Thank
2: you. Thank you for having me. I hope I, yeah. my jabbering was in some way something amazing. someone could take away from
0: it. 100%, 100%, Mark. It was a great, great episode. And and I think a lot of people out there want to do multiple things and you're you're doing that. You know, mm-hmm. that's one of the cool things about, you know, your career, which is, which is awesome. So thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for your, your advice and your stories, man. It's great great to hear. And you know, like I said, great, great to get, you know, you better. So good luck with everything. And, and thank you for stopping by. This has been awesome.
2: Absolute pleasure and fan of the pod.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah all yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Talk to you soon.
3: Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the movie podcast.